Well, so I started off my weekend with a great little um, allergy attack, so that was wonderful. Um, after going out with friends this weekend, um, I had a show at Facebook today. So we did that. We went out to the Facebook headquarters at the Domain, and my band's on the Rey. I have a band here. Um, and we do, you know, cumbia, and we also do, we started doing this Selena tribute, which has really been, you know, taking off. So we were invited to play at Facebook, Facebook Austin. And so we went there to start off their Hispanic Heritage Month. And so we did like a two-hour show there in Facebook and for all the staff, and it was, it was great. And so it, it was just, you know, typical musician, like gig kind of a thing. But in Facebook, which is cool, it's like bucket lifts. So it's fun. I hate Facebook. I can't stand <laughs> him. So it's, a, it's like Hispanic Heritage Month already? Well, this is bad. I think it, yes, it definitely, I think it is for sure, for sure. But here's the thing. In Austin, they have like a Hispanic Heritage, like Music Month, which is in May. And so just, there's always these like celebrations and it's hard to keep up with. But Do you yeah. want to know something? I didn't even know there was a Hispanic Month. There is. <laughs> I did not know. Oh my gosh. Wait, are you Hispanic? Yeah. You are? Well, I don't use that word. You don't? What do you use? I don't use that. Um... Latino, Tejano. Latin. I prefer yeah. Tejano. Tejano's my favorite. Yeah. That's how I will categorize myself. See, and, and the same thing. I love Tejano, and I'll, I'll say Tejano forever, but I think, like, like once you cross, like, out of Texas, people think Tejano is just Texan. And so it's, you know, I think Latino, I definitely like Latino. I definitely like Tejano, but, you know, you'll, I always feel like I, I have to, like, tell people, no, I'm not Tejano like gringo. I'm like Tejano like Mexicano, Mexicano. <laughs> I just had this argument with uh, one of my coworkers, and I had said, um, well, she had asked me, what's Chicano and what's Tejano? What's the difference to you? And I had a hard time explaining it. Mm -hmm. Do you know what, like, a Chicano yeah. or Tejano? Like, what's the difference? So, um, you know, I, from what I've read and researched, Tejano is Mexican-American who considers Texas their home, and Chicano is more the broader spectrum of Mexican-American. And um, that's kind of what I think is, like, really the big difference is, for example, a Chicano from California will never call themselves a Tejano. And so that's that's really the difference is that Chicano is Mexican-American, but in terms of like all the spectrum of Mexican-Americans. Wow, I made it so complicated. Texas, California. Yeah. I was like, well, you know, it's like a Mexican who's more Americanized, but they like both, but they're not necessarily <laughs> like, they don't have a, because some people thought it's like a like a white parent and a, and a like Mexican parent and then you're mm. a Chicano and that's how they classified it. And then yeah. cholos came up, and I was like, well, yeah, cholos are, are Chicanos, and sometimes cholos are white people. And I'm like, hey, it just got real complicated. <laughs> so yeah, no, it's it's one of those things where it just depends on, I guess, like the region and all that. But I do I do definitely consider myself Tejano, for sure, for sure Tejano. Me too. That's when people say, hey, um, where are you from? I'm like, Texas? Well, Texas. No, but like, where's your family from? We're from Texas. Like, so what are you? I'm like, <laughs> I'm Texan. Like, that's what I always say, just like yeah. claim Texas. See, and me, like, my... My, my dad's mom, she's from Mexico. She's from Los Ramones, Nuevo León. And so she, um, she was funny because when she, she was actually working in the fields, like as a little girl, and she met my grandfather because it was my great-grandfather's, like, his farm, and he would bring in Mexican workers. So she's Mexican. Were you living with them? <clears throat> was I living with them? Yeah. Or is this just, like, um, a story? Like, no, no, no. This is, I was just talking about, like, my grandma and their kids. Um, but no, it's, she married my grandpa who was born in Texas and, um, she became an American citizen. But then like on my mom's side, it's like even more complicated because their families, they were born in Texas, but then they moved back to Mexico <laughs> during the great depression and world war two. And then they came back to the U S so I come from that culture of going back and forth and I'm from the border. So what part of the border? What do you mean the border? Like I'm from like the from valley. <gasps> Oh the, my God! Like the, the Where they check your your ID yeah, and like, passport? You, you've got to. I'm serious. Like you got to do it. And what's yeah. the name of the town? Well, I'm from a town outside of. Well, the town's called Palmview, and it's outside of Mission. Like the hotels, or like is that Palm's views? I have no idea. Oh, okay, but it's it's like a small little town, um, like four thousand people, um, by the border. Mexico's like 15 minutes from my parents' house. And so I grew up there and I went to school in like the main city, which was La Jolla. And so it's, I mean, it's all Hispanic there. There's a big like Norteño, Tejano culture there. And so that's where I was raised like all my life. 
I'm, do you know the town Farfurias? Yes. That's where I'm from. Oh, you're from Farfurias? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> my uncle lives in Fremont. Shut up, my tia mm-hmm. lives in Fremont. Yeah, well, actually, Concepcion, which is like, I guess, in the same place. Yeah, yeah, um, I grew up over there by Kingsville, Alice, and all them towns over there. Yeah, my, Mathis, my like, grandma that's a little farther, was born but, in Alice and my mom. Shut up, my mom. Yeah, so, I mean, all that area, it's, we're like brothers, almost. I guess, yeah, right. <laughs> Except I've never been to Mexico. You've never been to Mexico, No, ever. and I had read that you had posted this one thing where <clears throat> you had this narrative of Mexico, and you had said that it was, like, drug violence and mm-hmm. fancy resorts. Um, and what changed your perception of... Well, especially growing up in the Valley, you hear all these things of, um, you know, the drug wars and everything. And, it, yes, it's there and it exists. Um, the last time I had been to Mexico, other than this year, was back in 2008. And back in the day, you could just cross, go have lunch, come back, or go drinking or whatever, and it was no big deal. And I remember the last time we went was in 2008 during spring break. And, um, you know, it was kind of like, there was like a little few people out there shopping. We were kind of being followed. And, um, you know, we're very young, too. I was like, I think I was like 20, 21 or 20. Uh, I can't remember. You say that like you're, <laughs> like it's... It was like many th- years oh, when ago. You said, when you said like, very young, I was thinking, oh, he's about like seven or ten. No, 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 no. No, <laughs> you but... Said, you said 20. <laughs> but, uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, so the whole drug war started coming up, and my, my parents were like, don't go to Mexico, and you don't want to go, and you're going to One of my shot. friend's um, cousins got abducted, really? and they never seen her since. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I've heard, like, it just uh, depends on the way you present yourself and then also what you're doing. Like, if you're out there and you're selling drugs and you're buying drugs, obviously, you're going to be a target. Like, you already, you already got yourself into that mess. But um, when we finally, we crossed, we went to, to Progreso, which is a border town. My tia goes there for all her, like, quinceanera supplies. It's awesome. Yeah. You, you buy, like, <laughs> I buy talavera and everything like that, and my dad buys, like, tequila and stuff. And so we went, and, and it was nice. You know, there was more gringos there than actually Mexicans. And then so I was like, Mom, like, we've got to go to Mexico City. I've always wanted to go to DFA and check it out. And me and my mom, like, we're really best friends. And so we did a month of their sun trip. Like best friends from the beginning? Or did you, like, did you, like, grow up oh, no. and then become best friends? Me and my mom, we've always been, like, besties. We just have, like, we just have that relationship. We can talk about anything. So, and we did a mother sun trip the previous year in Europe. And then I was like, well, I want to go to Mexico. And so we, I was like, I got us some tickets. We actually f- crossed over the border to the Reynosa airport, which saved us like $200. Um, and then we flew from there to Mexico City. And it's just beautiful. I mean, the people are super nice. The food's amazing. Um, and then it's actually like the part where you get to see like where, I guess, our culture kind of c- came from, you know, that mixture of Spanish and indigenous and it's just beautiful. I was like, why am I, why am I wasting my money going to Europe when I can just go to Mexico City and be here for like? I heard it's beautiful there and that I should visit because it's like not the same as like the Mexico. Like that's like the one place no. where it's like super different and that's beautiful and I should check it out. And I just have never gone. I've never gone anywhere over there except for like um once my friend needed to go get something from um, Matamoros, I think. Yeah. And that's the only time I've ever been. And it was muggy, it was raining and muddy mm-hmm. and it was like a bad day. So I didn't really have that much fun. But when I went to, like, uh, when we were going down there, we stopped at, like, Brownsville, and they had the best tacos, the best food, whenever, the best oh, Raspas. Yeah, sure. And I was like, holy shit, this is the so Raspas good. Raspas are awesome. Yeah. It's one of my goals is to open, like, a little Raspas in. <laughs> no, I started, like, I moved are to Are you Austin. laughing at my dream? I'm not laughing at your <laughs> dream. I was going to tell you a story. <laughs> um, so when I first moved to Austin back in 2010, um, I remember thinking, like, where are all the Mexicans at? Like, where is them? Of course... Went to Riverside, I'm like, okay. And then went to like a snow cone stand. They had like raspas and like chamoyadas and things like that. And I was like, what? And actually, my favorite place to go for like an awesome like mangonada or like picositos, chamoyadas is um, Aelotes. Aelotes. I don't know, have you been? Mm-mm. You need to go. Okay, it's I'll check awesome. it out. Like I is in your eye and your face? No, no, no. I, like there are. Oh, okay. H A Y, I. Okay. Yes. Uh, but no, that's like my favorite place to go. And in the valley, we used to have to like when we get after we get out of school um, in La Jolla, we would cross the expressway 
because it was like a country town, so we could just run across the expressway, and there was a raspa stand right there, and so we would go and we'd buy raspas. And what's your favorite flavor? From there, they had this one raspa, and I cannot find it anywhere. It doesn't exist. It's called a picosito. You have to find it like in the valley, and it's like it's like a mixture between. It's like a very sweet tamarindo, but it's more picosa. Um, that was my favorite, Picosito, and I can't find it here in Austin. And then, of course, Chamoyada is, like, second, and then, like, Diablito, and then, like, Mangonada. What's say. Diablito? Is that, like, um, a cherry? Diablito is, uh, from what, in the valley, it's, like, it's crushed ice, and it's natural lemon juice, and then just, like, chili powder and salt. You like spicy raspas? Yes, Ugh. I love them. My grandma loved it. She would well, I guess well, it's like a cinnamon's not too spicy, but she would get like a leche canela all the time. That was like her favorite, and sometimes she'd put like, cream on it. Mm. Yes, yeah. yes, that was another thing. They had um, like a tres leches one, I think it was. Dang, it was really good. I'm simple. Give me like a strawberry easy oh, syrup, and I'm good. <laughs> no, I've I remember the first time I ever had like. You know those uh, Lucas lollipops, like the sandias? I hate Lucas. Oh, my God. I, I, oh, I'm a limon con sal it. kind of person. I like limon You're, con sal. I don't like Lucas. No. I like, I remember my mom, my parents are teachers, and so they would like. Uh, tell them congratulations, because I read that they were just celebrated oh, the 38th anniversary. Thank you. That's yeah, crazy. 38 years together. I yeah. Mean, nobody else. They got married. It was my mom's first boyfriend. My dad <gasps> was my mom's first boyfriend. Look, I think I just got the chills. Oh, my God. Look, <laughs> yes. I got the chills. That's crazy. Yes. It, and they've been married for 38 is it, years. Is it like for, like real love, real love? Or was it kind of the type where it's like, oh, you grew to love, and then you just kind of like became best friends and stayed forever? You know, I think that I think that it was love, and I think that my mom was ready, and she really felt like my dad was the one. And, um, I mean, they've been together. We're five brothers too you know all they, boys all boys did she want a girl well she tried five times i think <laughs> i think, <laughs> I think uh, my mom wanted a girl and she got me no i'm gonna tell you something my mom the she when she first got pregnant it took her like four years to get pregnant are you like in the middle i am the middle child mm -hmm. two older brothers two younger wow she, you're like directly in the middle i am do you have issues i hear like the middle child has issues a lot well <laughs> You're yes, like, you I got, do. You got an extra hour. All the issues. <laughs> I don't think you have enough time for this. <laughs> I'll go book some more. <laughs> yeah. No, but yeah, it's um, she when she was first pregnant, she bought like this whole set of Wizard of Oz Barbie dolls, and um, she always thought that she would have a girl, and she never did. And I remember like when she had her last baby. Did you play with them? Well, no, because she decided to put them on display in the china cabinet because my aunt, who has girls, did the same thing. And I remember seeing my mom taking them out of the box and then putting them in the china cabinet. Like, What's, it was really sad. My grandma had a china cabinet, too. What's with that? Like, why do people have china cabinets? I don't know. My, my grandma gave me one. She a china cabinet? Yes. Before she, um, before she, like, when she was diagnosed with dementia, she was like, um, te quiero regalar esta vitrina. Like, I want to give this to you. And so she gave me one of her china cabinets. Wow, so, that like, uh, that's like really personal. I feel yeah. like for like a like a Mexican grandma to give you one of her china cabinets, that's like yeah. one of their cherished items for me. And it's and, like from Mexico too. Yeah, so. is that the one that just passed away? Um, no, that was my mom's mom, and uh, yeah, she passed away back in January. And the funny thing is, she was always very, she was very religious, but she was always very supportive of me. And she's actually the one that kind of really pushed me into learning Spanish and everything like that. But um, my grandfather passed away, and she passed away 20 years later, the exact same day shut up. and the exact same time. No, yeah. shut up. Yeah, and, she, and the thing about Stop it... Stop giving me the chills, no, I'm serious, I'm not even joking. <laughs> she, um, what had happened was she had, like, she had dementia, and so she, was, she had gone like, into like a coma, and literally for like a month and a half. And so she went that day and that same hour. And I, I could remember like comparing the two, like when my grandpa died 20 years ago, he had cancer. And I remember my dad like waking us up in the morning and, and mentioning that, you know, he passed away. And it was like the same thing, but 20 years later, but, but this time my dad texts us all. And so my dad was like, yeah, it was the same thing. You know, when your grandfather died, we went over to the house at three in the morning we helped, you know, them take the body and, you know, put it on the bed. And the he's like, I did the same thing with your with your grandma. 
And so, you know, she went out her way and with him on the same day. And it was it was pretty amazing to me to see like that's just pretty powerful, I think. But um, and also very kind. I feel like it, it, it to me it would seem like she didn't want y'all to mourn like more yeah. times out of the year. And it's uh -huh. like, let me save you an extra day and give you like keep that sadness yeah. away and just go at the same time. To me, that's how I would look at it. Yes, you know, for sure. And my aunt actually had mentioned that. You know, I think she was like, I think she wanted to make it easier for us. But it was a beautiful, beautiful funeral. And she looked beautiful. And I got to actually meet a lot of my family from Mexico um, because when she had moved, some, a couple of her siblings were born in Mexico and they stayed there. And they never became U.S. citizens, even though they could, uh, because my great-grandfather was a citizen. So I got to meet some family from Mexico. And, and then even when, like in the funeral, we were all pallbearers, all the, her nephews. And so they had like me, uh, like the head of the casket. You're like, I'm the bad bitch. And and the thing is, my cousins were like, no, you need a, you, like, you're going to be there. Were you her favorite? I was. I was. I really was. Just because, like, I wanted to get to know her and I wanted to get to know more about um, why I was, like, a white Mexican, <laughs> <laughs> you know? And so, the, you know, it's obviously Spanish blood and all that. And, and so she would tell me about, like, her dad and how he was, like, super tall and huerito and, like, blue eyes and everything. Is that why your album's called um, Ojos Azul? Yes. That's cute. Yeah. So it's, it's talking about, like, those things. And so we would, she would, like, I, I, didn't, I didn't really start learning how to speak Spanish until I was in high school because my dad wouldn't let us speak Spanish at home. Because he wanted you to assimilate? Yes. And, but also he grew up in the age where, like, you couldn't speak Spanish in school. And it wasn't until like, you know, Selena and all these changes with education came about where now you have like the re-Hispanization of Latinos or Hispanics. And so I didn't realize I had like an ear for it. And, but like my parents would speak at home. My dad would watch Sabado Gigante. My grandparents only spoke Spanish. And so when I got like a really good Spanish teacher in high school, Mr. Montemayor. So could you understand what they were saying? Oh yeah, for oh, okay. sure. Just couldn't speak it. I would. I didn't have like the courage to until I finally had a teacher. I was like, "No, I want you to say what you know." And I remember the first time they made us like write something. I was like, "Well, <laughs> I'm gonna write like I write in English." <laughs> and then I learned about phonetics and like literally like in three months I was speaking Spanish. Dang boy! It was. It, was, it just came out. It was really weird. It was like banging at the doors, ready. Yeah, and then I remember just going over to my grandma's house and talking to her and her being like really blown away. Um, and even with my dad's mom, they both spoke Spanish. So it just, yeah, it was one of those things where it clicked. So so for me, when it came to my grandma, um, I was also her favorite. I just want to throw that out there. Uh, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> and, uh, and like for me, and I, what, what I'm going to get to is like, were you out to your grandparents? Because for me, it was very hard to actually mm -hmm. say those words out loud. And, and I never actually got to because my mom kind of like called her and she was like, Oh, your fucking your nephew's um, your grandson's a faggot. He's a faggot, mm -hmm. and she was like, "What's wrong? What's wrong? What's going on?" And she's like, "Anne, who cares? Like, yeah. it doesn't matter." And I was like, oh, "I did not expect that that reaction from my from my grandma because she's really yeah. religious, really mm -hmm. conservative, and she only had one husband, which was her first, and she never married again. Once yeah. he died, like it was a nothing. That's the only man that ever touched her. Yeah. And I was like, "Whoa! I did not expect someone like her to be that mm -hmm. like." crazy open how was it for you well with my mom's mom the one that the one that passed away recently she she's very religious and so she um she found it very hard to accept and understand she was like well and i remember going over to her house because when i was basically outed you know i was outed who outed you well it's like i was dating somebody at the time and it back in the myspace days that's how I came out. <laughs> yeah, you came out of MySpace? <laughs> my brother outed me to my mom. I didn't even because know Because of MySpace. Yeah. Yes. But I was like, me. you know what? I'm going to put gay because I'm not ashamed of it. So I put gay on it. No, see, I was dating somebody and he like put pictures of us, you know, like kissing and hugging. And he was in my top friends. And my brother was like my friend Did you know MySpace. they were posted? Yes, I okay. did. and But I just didn't know how to say it. And I didn't feel like I had to. Mm -hmm. And so... My brother saw, he was like, wow, who's this guy? <laughs> Is this somebody that I work with? And so he saw the pictures and he like called my parents. And uh, my nickname is Mikey. Um, and they're like, well, Mikey. Wh why? 
Luis, okay, my name is Luis Miguel. Yes. Like the singer. Miguel yes. is Michael. And so they just started, they called me Mikey. Because you're so white? I guess, I don't know. No, I think also <laughs> like in the 80s, Mikey was like a very popular... Do you like it? Name. Uh, Mikey. I, it's funny because I wasn't talking to, uh, to like my family for a period of time, like maybe a lot of year. And so whenever was I was going... Hard? Was it hard? Um, it was something that I needed to do just to kind of right. like figure things out. And I remember I was going out to like clubs and I would introduce myself as Mikey, and, but it <laughs> felt like I had like family, you know, because yeah. only my family called me Mikey. And But then I stopped because I think it was, I just, I became very like proud of like my roots and stuff. I feel like if you were to introduce me as Mikey, I would think you're a drug dealer. <laughs> A drug dealer, really? Yeah. I give you that vibe. With the like, name I Mikey, look, yeah. I look like a drug dealer. Yeah, you know, with the name oh, Mikey. No. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. Well, now I, just, I definitely don't. But yeah, I was, my brother like out of me. And so then it got like around the family and my parents were like just destroyed. Um, just because they're in the valley. It's like, especially with Ramirez, I'm a Ramirez. There's a lot of pride in what that is. Being a Ramirez and being a man and everything, and um, what kind of men are Ramirez men? Well, <laughs> <laughs> they are just like that machista stereotype. I, I would say, like, my dad's generation, and that's kind of like where I started kind of taking that in and putting it in part of my like my artistry, like the looks and like the cowboy hats and things like that. Because I was like, you know what, I never thought I was man enough to to look like that or wear that. And I'm like, but damn, like it looks good and it makes me feel good. And it's like my culture. Um, but you know, they're very machistas. I would say the one that would like, he was a little bit away from that was my uncle Polo. And he would always tell me that he loved me and he was so proud of me. Was he secretly like on the down low? No. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> no. just very, just loving person. Yeah, just yeah. very loving person. And, and uh, he would always tell me that. And so he would, like when I came out or when I was outed, um, he was the one, like, talking to my dad and saying, you know, I think you need to come to terms with this, and this is your son. Because they took it very hard, and my grandma was like, well, I don't understand if you're raised in church, you know, how this could be. And, and I just think that, like she said, es, uh, es una tontería de la juventud. And, you know, just like a childish, like, phase. Whereas my dad's mom, who, you know, raised me, because she lived right next door, my mom came over to her house just crying, and my grandma was like, Pues que pasa, mijita? Que pasa? Por que está llorando? And my mom, like, was crying, and, and she told her, well, you know, Luis is gay, and... Do you know where the tears stem from? Was it because she thought you couldn't give her kids, or because she was scared of the struggles you were going to have to go through as a gay man? That's, like, you know, another thing where... Or, like, because you're not ever going to go to heaven, either, kind of thing. I don't really think it had much to do with religion. Because my grandmother was like, yeah, I've known about this since he was a kid. You know, I've, I've raised him. Like, how did you not know this? And, um, but I think my mom, she's a cosmetology teacher. And so she teaches high school kids cosmetology and, and hairstyling and all that. And so she has a, the program there at the high school, local high school. Well, she started in the 80s. And who were her male students? They were mostly gay men, gay Latino men. And so during that time, well, you know, she had this one student that she loved. And he, after he graduated from high school, he came up to visit her. And she's like, well, Ms. Ramirez, I'm, I'm sick. And we don't really know what it is. But, um, you know, I want to tell you that you've been a great teacher and all that. And so her experience was she had young students that were dying from AIDS. Back in the day when you didn't, there was no cure, like, or not a cure, but like a way to take care of it. Um, and so I think part of for it was fear, because I was very young. I was was like 18, but I also had moved to Austin, and was gonna live my life there doing my thing. And so I think that she was just scared. But and then my dad at the same time he was like, he just didn't was not okay with it. Um, he took it very hard, and even now like. I've been out for like 12 years. Even now, like it's 
it's still something that we don't really talk about. Like, I talk about it with my mom and my brothers and all that. It's not a big deal. But my dad, he's still kind of like, he, he, he knows it's there, but it's just something that we don't talk about. And, I mean, we have a great relationship. We do. But um, have I ever brought, like, a boy home? No. <laughs> Would you? Would I? Um, well, here's the thing. In my family, <laughs> if you bring someone like, home... Ho, you better know how to box, just in case my <laughs> father hits you in the face. No, no, no. In my family, you bring someone home, that's the person <laughs> you're going to, like, marry. Oh, shit. Yeah. So, you know, you can't just bring somebody home for the sake of it. But um, I, I've never been in that situation. But, yeah, it's... It was just one of those things for them, like being from the Valley, being from this machista community. My dad thinks that everybody cares about who we are and what we do and and like whatever. Like nobody cares. Everyone's like, story about what they think about them. Like, exactly. They're not paying attention to you guys. And I take that back. There are people who are very nosy and just like she's most and they yeah. pay attention. And, and you know what's funny? Like to this day, like I've never had a family member. Or anybody that has worked with like any of my parents ever like message me and be like, what you're doing is wrong and you're living a sinful life and you're such a horrible person. I've never had that happen. And so nobody cares. <laughs> and so I've just learned to kind of like own it and and just be happy with like who I am and like my culture and my family and my upbringing because it's all I've got. And yeah. And I express that in my music, so. Did you have any, like, gay figures in your life when you were growing up, someone to look to? Because you mentioned, like, the hairstylist and the only two gay people I saw when I was little. I didn't know what it was, but I knew they were different, was my grandma's hairstylist, and his name was Francis. Mm -hmm. And then the um, astrologist on TV. who would Walter Mercado. Like, I don't know his name. He would give you the horoscopes. Was he, like, blonde? He looked like a female. Like <laughs> That's an older Walter grandma. Mercado. Yeah, he looked like a grandwoman. You Walter know, like Mercado. A grandma. <laughs> He's not gay. He's not? No, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, I would I would put money on it that he was, but Duh. it could just be for like TV show. He was very fabulous. Yeah. And so those were the only like concept mm. of what gay was, even though I didn't know what the word was or mm -hmm. just knew it was different. Did anyone in your life that kind of help you? Oh, maybe I'm a little, maybe that's what I am. Um, I didn't like grow up with anyone in particular like that was gay that I looked up to. Maybe... Um, I had, I guess, like some teachers that, that probably were that you know, they're well respected. And so at least I knew that they could respect somebody who was. But it was just like at that time, like, yeah, you knew that so-and-so was gay, but they just didn't talk about it. And so I think there were like the, my parents were teachers and in teaching, there's just a lot of gay people. Um, and so I, they knew gay people and they respected them. But I never really had like a figure no. Did you ever struggle with like internal homophobia? Did you hate yourself for being a homo? Did I ever hate myself? Um, I did struggle with, I think I wanted to, because people were putting that label on me before I even like accepted it since I was a kid until like the day I graduated from high school. I remember walking up to the stage to get my diploma and someone in the audience screamed out, Joto. Shut yeah, up. As I was getting my diploma. And um, so- your, Was your family there? Yes. But, you know, they were in the stands, something they heard. Oh, they didn't hear. Um, but, yeah, it's, it was something that I was like, well, maybe if I'm just, like, cooler and, like, more involved in school and, like, popular, like, people won't care, like, and they won't see me that way. And so I got really involved in school and stuff, and I was, like, class president and just wanted to be, like, a good student. Like, I was top of my class, and that was, like, the way I combated it. You know, I didn't try to like self-destroy, join me self-destruct or anything like that. It was more like, no, I'm going to be like the best at what I do. And that's kind of the way I dealt with it. And I didn't really have that internal hatred or anything like that. How but do those words <clears throat> affect you? Like maricon, joto, and all those words. Because for me, like I love the word faggot. And, I, and it just, <laughs> you can call me any word. Like I don't care. Like, duh, dude, I'm like prancing around the sidewalk. Of course I'm a faggot. Like... Those words don't hurt me. Does it have that kind of power over you? Not anymore. I think um, before it did. And depending on, like, if I was in control of the situation. You know, for example, if I were to go somewhere and literally be the only gay person and being called a joto and, like, being gay bashed, yeah. But, like, 
uh, for example, if like a friend of mine, like a cousin who like knows that I'm gay, says like, no seas joto, like <laughs> just to be joking around, like it would make me laugh. Like I even uh, came across a hashtag. It's like jotos y recuerdos. Oh my God, I saw that on your Instagram. <laughs> I was like, Please make a song about that. Please it's make a song so titled funny, but <laughs> It's like kind of taking that word and and uh, like reclaiming it. That's going to be on my gravestone. Hotos <laughs> it's, it's a beautiful. It thing. is. I love it. And um but no, I I I never really hated myself for it. I think that that I just kind of was like I'm going to be the best that I could. And then when I was struggling with like coming out and all that, um, you know, that was just a different thing, but I never really hated myself for it. Does being the best you could kind of go into your artistry as well? Like you always strive to be the best? I think it does. I think when, especially when I first started with Sondere, because I started singing like in college and I was in like a show choir called the UT Longhorn Singers. And um, so I always wanted to vocally just push myself and be the best and showman wise. And so the same thing, like, when I started getting into music, like right out of college, I applied that to the stage and being present and being like this personality. So it definitely, it definitely goes there and just being able to do my band and do other things and like have a social life and all of that. It's, it's yeah, it's all a part of like that. It stems from that for sure. So you mentioned Selena Tribute. Has Son de Rey turned into a tribute band? Well... Because you haven't put out anything new in a very long time, right? I, yeah, like I would say, well, we put, no, we put out a new single the one and like, a was video. The one was like about five months ago, that one? Yeah. Okay. So I guess that's not that long. Um, but we haven't put out like a full album um, in three years. Uh, but we, I wouldn't say that. I would say that it, it was kind of funny like, how take it, it back. <laughs> um, I, you know. I love the opportunity that it's given us and just the creativity. It's also really pushed me in the direction that I really like enjoy about myself and my artistry. And I didn't think that that was going to happen. I had the idea to like do a tribute and I finally convinced my band to do it. And so we, we were always playing at this venue called Sahara Lounge. Who are the members of the band real quick? Okay. So we have me and then Deborah. She's on vocals. We have David, who's on keys. We have Pops, who's on bass. Laura, who's on Weedo. Gabby, on multi-percussion. Brian, on drums. Eric, on guitar. Wow, it's uh, a big band. It's a, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a band. It's full-fledged band. And we did this tribute at Sahara Lounge, and it was packed. And Because we, you were there, or because it was just like a night where it was packed? It was, I think it was like the Selena kind of craze happened. Okay. And so it was like the perfect storm. Like we had a ton of our fans come out, but then we had all these people that were there to like see a Selena tribute. And the thing about our tribute is that it's it's like costumes, it is choreography. I saw vocals. that Selena inspired cow outfit. <laughs> yes. I was like, yes. No, and those are things that we did. Like, like our Deborah was like, hey, like, well, what should we wear for this tribute? And she's like, do you want to do like the cow outfits? And so I was like, sure. And so I sew and she sews. And so we both made our own outfits. And I was going to ask you, can you please teach me how to make a button up? Because I have been trying super so easy. hard. It is super easy. Also, is but there a, a line coming out soon based on like your sewing? <laughs> a line? I, Living your full Selena fantasy? It would be funny. It would be, yeah. I, you know what? I, I love doing it. And... Um, it's just, it's really like, it's time consuming. You're talking about like mm -hmm. spending 20 hours, 48 hours and like making like a shirt. Um, but that long, well, you, you got to cut out the pattern and then you've got to sew and cut like it's, I mean, it doesn't take that long, but like, if you're going to be intricate about it, like with some of the things that I did, like the patchwork mm -hmm. that takes a long time. Like I did a, one of the outfits that's inspired by like her red bra with like the crisscross things. That took a long time because I had to like buy a fabric to sew in the sequence and then do like a stitching between the sequence and then fold it to make that shape. And so that took a long time. And then I also did something where I used like a sarape. And that took a long time because it was like woven fabric. And so it would like fray. So I had to like do a stitch and all this. And Do you do costume stages, <clears throat> like costume changes throughout your show? Um, no, 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 we, we just keep it at one. Okay. I think Selena did that too. She would, and she even wore like some of the same things. 
But um, yeah, it's funny because everyone's like, okay, yeah, we get it. Like Deborah's gonna wear this, but we want to see what you're gonna, how you're gonna like mold this into like what a guy would wear. And so that's one of the comments that was like given at one of our shows. Like it's so funny how you interpret like what a guy Selena would wear. Um, and I also sing her stuff too. Like, and you do her moves. Yes, yeah. you're, you're literally like the guy Selena on stage. Yeah, somebody called me Selena once. <laughs> it was pretty funny. No, you actually have. So I got. I met you. I, I found out who you were through like one of your um, scruff profiles. So you had like a little scruff. like. Mm -hmm. You had like a no. I'm sorry, Tinder. You're on. You're on <laughs> I was Tinder. Like, I don't think I was scruff. Yeah, I'm sorry. I it was Tinder. I remember now because uh, I clicked you and I was like, oh, cool. Because I love meeting new singers, and I was like, mm -hmm. let me go check it out. And so I had saw you on there, and you you happened to be playing like shortly after, and I was like, oh shoot, let me go check him out because um I just wanted I like to like for this for this right yeah. here to talk to like artists, and when I saw you there, I was like, oh my god, this guy can like <laughs> put a show on. You have like the energy up there, and you were like, I was like, I I put a post on Instagram. I was like, I gotta talk to this queen. I was <laughs> like, I don't know who he is, but I gotta find who out who he is. And you happen to be friends with uh, one of my friends. And so I was like, oh, cool. Yeah. And it took me, a, that was like a long time ago. It took me like a long time to actually reach out and have like the nerve to say, hey, do you want to do a podcast? And this was like, I don't even know when this was, a long time ago. It was a couple years ago. No way. A couple yes years. Yes way, dude. I think it was at least two. Okay. At least two years. Yeah, a couple. At least. I'll find out in a minute because I have the, the yeah. um, video on Instagram. That's funny. But yeah, I walked out of there. I was like, "Wow, I need to, I need to like, be like, find out what he more shows mm -hmm. you're going in." And like, I just like, I don't know. I just could never. I think I forgot to like follow you, mm -hmm. and I just forgot about you until one day I was like, "You popped up on my YouTube." I was like, I was like oh, "Holy shit, someone <laughs> And so then I was like, "Okay, Eric, just get the guts, ask if he wants to chat, and then yeah. like, the, the worst he can do is ignore you or say no." Uh -huh. And then you said yes, and I was like, "Because oh, I had already researched you just in case you did yeah. say yes," and. Um, all those research that I had done, I had lost it because mm. I do that first. I research someone before I ask them, and then yeah. I'll be like, "Hey, that way I'm ready." They say, "Let's do it tomorrow," you know? Yeah. No, it it was just one of those things where, well, even now, like, so especially with the Salida stuff, we've been starting to draw like a lot more the Latinx crowd, uh, which I love. I'm like, yes, yeah, come, like, and it's weird because I think like us as like a gay community, we don't really. Like, especially gay men, like, we can't really venture out of the club and go see, like, our concert for, like, another gay male artist. Like, that's just not a thing that we do. And so now that I'm seeing, like, yes, you know, the LGBT community is, like, coming to our shows. Like, they're coming to see Selena, but also to enjoy and everything like that. Um, so that, to me, is, is very, very cool to see because it's, it's mixed in with the crowd that we already have, which is, like, Latinos. And I think in the past, like, what would happen was, like, a girl would love us. And bring, like, her gay best friend. And, like, you know, that's how it was. But now, like, it's they've, they've started to come out and stuff like that. And, and also the venues help, too. Like, Sahara Lounge, where we play out a lot, it's just everybody's there. Like, all different kinds of people. So it just, it's like, it's all working out. And I think we, we're, we're in a very, very cool spot right now. And it's just, it's just going to be exciting to see what happens. What is your one favorite song from Selena? And two favorite song to perform from her. Favorite song from Selena. Um, can I guess? Just because I feel like this is the only one I ever hear you sing. You can guess. No me queda más. Okay, <laughs> you know what? No me queda más is it's beautiful to sing. It's like you want to cry after singing it. Um, it's definitely one of my favorite like emotional ones, and it's a beautiful ballad, and I love singing ballads. Um, it's yeah, it's one of my favorites. I think my most favorite though, from being honest. Maybe Bitty Bitty Bum Bum. Really? Yeah. To, to sing and to perform? Yeah. Okay, oh, like it's both? It's just fun. It's like, I remember the first time I heard it when I was little, I was like, wow, she's using like onomatopoeia. And we were learning about that like in second grade or first grade. But yeah, I remember that just being like a fun song. And like J-Lo in the movie, like that is my favorite part of the movie. The Bitty Bitty Bum Bum um, like montage that they have. It's just my favorite. I could even tell you my favorite shot in the movie. <laughs> like in that is when she is in that like the black ruffle Russell ruffle outfit. And all she's doing, she's just clapping and look at the audience. And there's a shot from her behind. And you just see her clapping with like the ruffles. Like that is my favorite shot in the entire movie. 
One of my favorite scenes of Selena, because um, I love her, she's like one of my favorites, mm. is whenever she's in the the concert and she has that Band-Aid and when they like, do a close-up of her doing like this and her pinky stays oh, up, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, and sometimes I'll be like, <laughs> like that's one of my favorite moves from her. I don't know why. It just, it just stuck out to me. Because she broke her nail. Yeah. She's getting out stage. <laughs> that's what happened. She broke her nail. Whenever I first heard B2B Dubai, I was in a pizza hut and we were like in the corner of a booth and all of a sudden I was like started dancing. Mm-hmm. And and I think at that moment, my tia knew I was a homo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, that's 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 one of my favorites. But all her music is just so catchy and awesome. And my dad used to like listen to just Tejana music, and so that's how we learned about Selena. And I remember when I first heard her sing an English song, I was like, "Dad, wow, she learned how to sing in English." And my dad was like, "Mijito, she's from Corpus Christi. <laughs> she speaks English." And we didn't know. And I'm like, "Oh, okay." And then I remember when she died. I was in first grade. And my brother, we were getting on the bus, and my brother was like, Selena got shot, and she died. And it was like that day, and just thinking like, what? Like, weren't we just listening to her music like this weekend? And so it was, and then the whole, the years that followed were so sad. And then when they did the movie, it was even more sad. Were you crying? Um, Did I cry in the movie? The first time we watched it was at home. My dad like rented it, because they didn't take us to the theater to watch it. So... I was like, I probably did, but I didn't want to show it. <laughs> <laughs> I, but yeah, it was, I remember the first time I watched it was at home with our big screen TV. Have you ever thought of kind of like licensing like one of her songs and kind of putting it on one of the albums? Um, as in terms of like Selena stuff? Yeah. You know, we have been thinking about like doing a, like a medley and, you know, doing like a little cute video for that. Um, and so that that's it's something that we've been thinking about, yeah, for sure. Is there new music coming up? <laughs> new music. Uh, I would, I'm, you know, right now I have, I started back up at school. I, st- I went back to school this summer. Congratulations for your Thank master's, you. right? Yes, in Spain. So I found this program that I loved. And so I went to Spain to start working on it. So I'll go back this summer and finish working on it. Oh, nice. Um, Wait, this summer? Like the one coming up? Yeah, the one coming up. Oh, I was like, aren't we in it? <laughs> yeah, no, it's, I was there all summer. And so that kind of, and I'm the type of artist where I kind of go in zigzags. Like, oh, I want to do this. Oh, I want to do this. Oh, this came up. Oh. And so there's somewhere it's like, in a month, I want to have my own album. (laughs) And I want to be a superstar. And I want to be like Justin Bieber. And I've just always been like, I just have this like weird artist vibe where I go like right to left and forward. And then I take a pause and then I think. Where um, is it, like, at na- right now in this moment, where do you want to be as, like, with Sondere, like, in a few years? Or what f- is, or just whenever? Yeah, I think I want us to just put out some more music. I think it's it's going to surprise people. And because I think as soon as we put out a new Sondere original, like, where it's, like, literally written by me or Deborah, you know, that's, it's, it's a whole different kind of attention you get as an artist. Uh, we recently put out, like, a Norteño version of El Amante, and it was different, and it was cool, and it was a cute video. Um, but, you know, I think people want to hear us do our some of our own stuff, which is cool because, like, the Selena thing, people will love the Selena stuff, but then they'll go look us up on Facebook, and they'll be like, oh, my God, and they have their own original music, too? And they're like, this stuff is cool. So that's kind of, like, how it's happened for us versus, like, well, this is all you do. Because usually with the tribute band, they're just a tribute band, and you can't really take part of that tribute band with you home, just the memory. And so the cool thing is they see us, they hear our original music, they go back and like our page, and then they listen to our music, and then they like our music. So it's like a weird um, way that Sondre is like making a name for itself like with our own stuff. Do you see a lot of people doing Selena tributes lately? Um, lately, yes. There's definitely been like this big old burst where people could find it like a, a way to kind of tap into the business and stuff. I definitely see a lot of tributes, but you know, there's only certain people that can like do it in a way that's like fun and <laughs> special. And I think we do it in a way that's very fun and special. I, th- I think you have to be a good singer because I've heard some that and aren't that quite too. that good. And you're just like, <laughs> I don't think you should be tackling these songs. They're not for you. Yeah. You know? And you know, there's like a lot of like female impersonators for sure that will sing her stuff or the lip sync. But I think, um, I've definitely been a lot inspired by some of the like Latinx artists that have come out. But you know, I want to do something that's also cumbia, you know, that's me. And so 
the weird thing is like taking something that's typically known as machista and that and then kind of creating it in our own way so that's that's kind of been the challenge but i definitely i'm feeling inspired to do that so yeah i can say that sondare stuff will be coming out i don't know when <laughs> let's say when's the release um, date <laughs> i don't know when but um you know i also like things to happen organically like when i was first starting i was so like i need a hit and i need to write a hit And I would go home and I would write and I'm like, this is a hit and this is going to make us famous. And so I wasn't like seeing like the artistry behind it, I don't really think. Whereas now I'm like, I want to like write what I feel, <laughs> experience something. And so that's like the different thing. But I, I definitely do see us going back. But, you know, it, it takes money too. And so oh, yeah. we have to like put that aside and, and think about it. But I definitely, it's now it's like artists like to release singles and videos um, because if you're gonna release an album you need to have a video like that's just the thing and when we were first starting we released an album and one video and so we couldn't really push more of our music because we didn't have video and so now with like snapchat and facebook live and instagram stories and stuff that's been helping us like say hey we're still here we're doing something different and new And that's helping us bring in more people. And there's people that don't even know that we've been around for like eight years. Yeah. And so that's that's a cool thing. Like, I don't even think we've reached our peak. I think we're barely starting to like get into something special. I, I can agree with that. Yeah, for sure. How was your first time going out at Sondere? Were you really nervous with them? Uh, the first time I thought that I like knew everything. And I thought that I was going to like woo everyone's hearts. But I remember... Such a, of, such a 20-year-old. You know, yeah, just like, <laughs> oh, I'm 20 and I'm talented and beautiful and blah, blah, blah. No, but I remember I had put like an ad on Craigslist saying like, I'm an artist. This is what I do. Here are some videos of me. And I got contacted by a couple of bands and I went to check out Sondere because they had, had actually a previous history before I came in. And so there was just like one guy singing and I'm like, oh, he's good, but... And so what happened was they needed a backup singer. And so I was like, yeah, well, I'll, I'll do it. I love the music that you guys do. It reminds me of home. And so David was like, well, we'll call you. And so they ended up breaking up, <gasps> like completely. The band just broke up. And so David contacted me. He's like, so would you be interested in being like our lead singer and doing something different, completely different? And so I said, yeah. And so we started the band back up. But there was like a previous history in Austin So I had to kind of convince those fans that I was the one. And then what happened was we just got a whole other types of opportunities. And, you know, we played for amazing artists, but it was like, it was the perfect timing. But now we've come into the thing where I'm no longer really trying to prove that I'm a certain type of artist. And I'm more trying to be like, you know, I want to express what is me and what is our band and what is our story what is that at the moment so i think for me what is me is that i've i've really owned the fact that you know i'm tejano and i grew up on a border but i'm also like fabulous and i love being kind of like that flamboyant type and and showing people like the reason why i do this music and the reason why i do this dress this way is because these are my influences and this is me telling you the story of my culture Um, and so whereas before it was like I wanted to be kind of manufactured and Prince Royce was like coming out at the same time and those artists. So I was trying to like emulate them, but in more of like the Cumbia Tejano market. And so that wasn't me. Um, and I've just had all these different looks and stuff <laughs> over the years just because I wanted to be different. And now I'm like owning like I want to express my culture and do it in a way that's me. So that's wonderful. Well, I wish you the best because I like when I saw you, I was like, wow, this guy's so talented. And like your views weren't that like super high. And then like I was like, why not? Like mm -hmm. he's so cool. <laughs> I had never met you personally, but just based on that one like initial um, show that I saw, I was like, wow, these people are really talented. I think he could be really huge in the Tejano market. Not that that's the only market you could mm -hmm. be huge in, but I was like, Why isn't he in the radio? Why isn't he like super big right now? Because I feel like you have the voice for it, you know? Yeah, and that's one of the things I think when they see like me and then the Tejano market itself is like, you know, it's like 
kind of dwindling and it's small. Uh, the politics there are just super sketch. They look a very specific artist. I think women and guys that like play accordion <laughs> are like definitely more successful. But someone like me there, they they can recognize that I put on a show and I have a great voice. But I think that um, the opportunities there have kind of been wishy-washy or just getting to the politics of it is is really it's a lot different than the Austin music industry and meeting other people in the industry. The Tejano market's like in its own little bubble. But we definitely go back and forth between that. There's not really airplay for Tejano artists. Um, and what's really helping are like the videos. But I don't know, I think uh, maybe it just depends on where the product gets its hands onto because I for sure had awesome opportunities. You know, they just didn't pan out the way I thought they could. I've worked with awesome artists, you know, maybe Quintanilla, Este Del Castillo. I mean, the list goes on. Like, I've worked with talent, but you know, it's just the opportunity didn't work out. Or, you ever thought about <clears throat> doing like a solo album so you didn't have like the all the history from Sunday Day to affect your music you're putting out? Like, if you do whatever you want. Um, I've thought about it. I've just, I, but I've always kind of thought like, well, what would I do? Would I want to like have a band? Would I be more of like a studio artist? Would I just like put out videos and then like sing like with a track? And so it's just, when you don't have like a band with you, it feels really weird. <laughs> like I can't just go home and start singing like to my parents. Like I want to have like my band and my costumes and my lighting and. Well, would you ever do like uh, like Luis Ramirez instead of like Sondere? Would you? Would I ever do it? Um, I think that I have thought about it. I've thought about it, but you know, I just, I think it's kind of like weird, like putting myself <laughs> yeah. out as the artist. Like it just feels weird to me. I guess I was always raised to like not be like full of yourself. And so that's kind of like where it also stems from is that like maybe I just don't want people to think that I'm like this arrogant, like of course he was gonna do like a solo thing. <laughs> he was always such a jerk. Do you become the center of the party every time you're on like um, a fiesta or anything? Center of the party. I'm like the person like on the side that's like giving you like the side cheese man, but I'm not like the one that like commands the space. I'm more of like the one like I'm making fun of the person that commands the space. <laughs> like that's me. I'm like <laughs> he thinks he's cool, but he's not. <laughs> like that's me. I'm always that person. Are you a judgmental bitch? Am I judgmental? I when I when I see it's fake, I'm like, Meh. but I don't really like go around like talking about people or things like that. But I definitely can see fakeness, and especially in the industry that we're in, I've met some artists where I'm like, whatever, dude, you're fake. Like, <laughs> but then I've met some that are just great people that have like helped me, that have been there for me, that have given me advice, that come back and like keep doing what you're doing. One of them is uh, Cynthia Lee Fontaine. Drag I, race. I know. Come I on. don't like her drag, okay. uh, but I've met her a couple of times, and she's like the sweetest person ever. Oh, yeah. I remember I met her before she was on Drag Race, and she was looking at myself. She's like, I want to sing a duet with you. And I'm like, well, sing something for me. Like when I thought it was cool. And she's saying, like, oh, damn. <laughs> You're so bougie, Louise. <laughs> yeah, you know, back in the day, I was, I was very bougie. I really was. I thought I was cool. I thought I was like awesome. And then I had like an artistic breakdown and I realized like, dude, like you just, you're like putting up an act. Like, who are you? And then, well, here I am. So, you know, I've, I've had those moments where I really thought that I was like cool and awesome and was on top of the like world. Like your shit didn't sink. Yeah. And then I had like an artistic breakdown where I was like, this is not going to happen or you're going to have to think of something else. Was that like um, at a certain year, like when you hit 30 or like when you were like in your late 20s? This was late 20s. This was 27. Okay. I remember going to, I'm meeting some artists and them talking about like, well, this is my concept of my artistry and I'm this and I'm going to create my own image about this and this is what I represent. And me thinking like, oh my God, that's just like baloney. <laughs> like that's, that's not you. And them kind of be like, well, when are you going to put something out? And so I felt like there was like a pressure for me to do that before a certain age. Otherwise, I was going to be mediocre. I have, was going to have no talent. And so 27 was hard. And when I went to the Latin Alternative Music Conference, I got to meet like Sony and people like that and different labels. 
And I'm like, so you're telling me that I just need to pay more money to like get more opportunities? And at that time I was like self-employed. I was like broke. I was like on my last like dollar. And so I just had this breakdown where I was literally on the phone with my mom crying saying, I hate music and I just want to get out of this. And she was like, you're crazy. You need to like calm down. And so I just, from that moment, I realized like, you know, that there was other things that I could do and other ways I could express myself. And music was, was still going, like it was still going and it's never stopped. So now I'm here and I feel like, okay, I think we're getting to a really cool spot and I'm really excited to see what's gonna happen. I mean, like talking to you from now, like I'm really excited now because I was like, well, they haven't did, I haven't seen a lot coming from them. And I, and I, that's because I also just, just started back to like mm -hmm. look you over again. And so I see you're like performing and doing like Selena tributes and I was like, oh, well, he's still working. I was like, I wonder what he's doing. Like, is he writing in between that? Like, I was like, what's going on? Cause it's been so long since I've seen like something official from like, mm -hmm. from you. And I was like, hmm, let me ask him. Cause I'm curious. <laughs> Cause I would love to like hear what like your new sound is like now, if you're going to do something or just in like how much you've improved in the last like three to four years since you've been like released at like yeah. last album. You know, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be something really cool. Um, but when's the next time you're performing? September fifteenth. Yeah. At the Sahara Lounge for El Grito. Is that like your home place? That is a place where we've just been able to like get a good crowd there. The the owner is awesome. It's like, I mean, she's very fair in terms of you know what we get paid, and it's just a fun, fun place. Like, you go there, you park. You get free food. You listen to awesome music. It's it's a I great. I hear place. the pay in Austin is crazy bad compared. Like if you were to go in Corpus and work, you would get paid a lot more instead of like compared to Austin. It, there's so much, so many people that would do things for free. There's like there's lots of opportunities, but I think you definitely need to navigate the business and say, okay, is it worth it? It's not pay. Yeah, I've heard here it's like yeah they don't pay. It just depends. You know you've got to work your business and. Treat your people right. So we got to wrap this up because um, the All time right. is short. Um, but I had a, like a blast chatting with you. Hopefully we could do it again. Yeah. Um, and also, where can we find you on um, the internet so, so people you, can listen to all the old music you have up there? <laughs> <laughs> so you can go to our Facebook. <laughs> Facebook, uh, Sonderey, S-O-N-D-E-R-E-Y. You can check us out on Spotify, on iTunes. We have music there. Um, our website's www.sonderey.com. And yeah, you can check us out. We've got some shows coming up. So September 15th will be our closest one. And we're going to be back. We're going to be busy. And it's going to be awesome. How often do you perform like a week? Or do you, do you like crazy busy? Um, it had been where we were like performing every single weekend. Wow. <laughs> Sometimes like three shows a day. Dang, boy. Because you're, yeah. uh, you're a teacher too, right? Yes. Yeah, so you do that like right now you're off of school? Uh, I had to like take a day off because we had the day with the show with Facebook. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's um, that's one of the things uh, was just kind of juggling around that. But um, during this time, it gets really busy. It's festival season um, during March, really busy. But yeah, there were times where we'd have like three shows in a day, festival wow. to festival to festival. And, and why are you going back to? Because I forgot to ask you, what's the masters for? So I got accepted into this program at the University of Salamanca, which is one of the oldest universities in the world. It's, it's the University of the Spanish Language. And I had always wanted to see what it was like to like live in Spain. And um, I got accepted. And it's a program for Spanish teachers. I teach Spanish. And um, just, man, it's just really an amazing experience. I made so many friends. And I also got to like share my music like in Spain. So like I have fans in Spain and things like that. So it's just been a way to, for me to like do stuff during the summer. And the masters for me has just always been something that I wanted to do. And like going back to my grandma, before she passed away, I told her I want to get my masters. And she's like, I'm mijito, like that would be great. And the year that she passed away was the year that I got into this program. Oh, wow. And um I got all A's like she did. <laughs> Are you, um, is anyone else um, graduate um, college in your family? Yes, we've okay. all graduated. Nice. Except for my younger brother. He's kind of like taking his time. Yeah. So we're like, hurry up. <laughs> but um, yeah, we've well been to school, great universities. Everyone's educated. Everyone thinks they're awesome. Um, my mom actually did not get to finish. She got pregnant. <laughs> she was married and she got pregnant. Uh -huh. 
but yeah, everyone's educated, and so it's just it's just another way of ex- like expressing artistry, I think, for sure. Okay, well, before we go, is there anything you feel like you need to get off your chest that I didn't ask or you didn't um, forgot to mention? You know, I think we've talked about a lot. I think it was cute, sure. right? Yes. I think it was a cute time. Thank you so much again. Um, uh, I guess I'll catch you. I really liked the drawing, by the way. I saw the video. The which one? The like the graphic that you did. Oh yeah, I got to finish that today. That was me, right? Was it me? No, that was that a cowboy hat. No, that wasn't you. Was it me? No. Was, that was some me. other awesome Latino boy who uh, wears cowboy hat who I was gonna chat with. Go figure. <laughs> no, yeah, it was you. <laughs> All right, I'll catch you later. Thanks. Bye. Bye.